Greetings. This is Pastor Hernan Paula of the Living Hope Christian Fellowship Cyprus. I am very glad that I can get in touch with you and how the Lord has been gracious to us that we can still deliver God's Word with you and uh, fellowship in absentia. But in the kingdom of God, we are together. Let's pause for prayer. Heavenly Father, how powerful your Word is. And we commit this session to you, and especially all who will be listening. Let your word come alive, as demonstrated in this message today. Let your name be exalted, and your power empowered upon each Christian. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I have an introduction taken from Revelation 3.20. Which reads, many know this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. That is just for the introduction. I'd like to encourage you, if you can, to open your Bibles in Luke 24, 13 to 25. This is where we'll be focusing our message. So starting from verse 13, you found it already, okay, in Luke chapter 24, verse 13 to 35. It talks about two individuals on the road to Amos from Jerusalem, which Bible scholar says is about seven miles west. And these two, one is named is Cleopas. And his friend, we don't know the name of the, his companion. And they were carrying a conversation. Now, Cleopas was the husband of Mary, one of the Mary at Calvary, at the foot of the, very close to the foot of the cross, recorded in John 19.25. And what were they talking about? We will just give you the gist because we are going to further details when They will be talking with Jesus. They were talking about the arrest of Jesus. The trial. We're talking about these two yet. These two friends. Cleopas and his companion. The trial of Jesus. They were not there. But may have heard from the time of the crucifixion of Jesus. And mourning and you know, grieving the loss of their Savior. And now on the day of the resurrection of Jesus, they go home dis- disappointed because the body of Christ was missing. And also they were talking about the burial and more again, the resurrection of Jesus. Basically those three items. Now as they were walking on the road to Emmaus, Jesus joins in. This is verses 15 to 24. So 15 and 16, when Jesus joined them, he was not recognized by them. Why? Their eyes were blinded. Now it is very possible that when we're going through crisis, and there are things we do not, many things we don't understand, our eyes are blinded by Satan. And especially in the giving of the gospel, not only eyes blinded, but ears made deaf. 
because Satan doesn't want the word to go in. But when, verse 17, Jesus made an inquiry about their conversation, and he noted their sadness. Verse 18 and 19, Jesus pretended ignorance by saying, What things? And so we now get the converse, their conversation summarized in five subtopics. The first, in verse 19, they gave their opinion of who Jesus was. He is Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. Wow, that was their wonderful opinion of Jesus. But then they come to verse 20. Of course, they maybe talk more lengthily, but this is what is scripture given in a brief, brief manner. In verse 20, the tragedy done to Jesus, how that the chief priests and their rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Okay, these two were not present at the Garden of Gethsemane. And when the arrest of Jesus was made and may have not been there at the place where the priests were condemning him and at Pilate's Hall, they were not there probably, but most likely they were with the crowd that gathered at Calvary when Jesus was crucified. However, in verse 21, it expressed their frustration, their hope about Jesus. The Bible records, we trusted that it had been He we should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. They were really sad. Their hopes were squashed. And they don't know. Was Jesus fooling them? Or what? Were they really fooled? Now, where something came out in verses 22 and 23, the testimony of the women that went to the sepulcher. Certain women also, our company, made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. When they found out they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels. When they came in, the angels were inside the tomb and saying, He is not here. He is risen. We said that he was seen alive by Mary Magdalene, alone. When Mary Magdalene came, he said, where is the body? And when Jesus turned around, he said, Mary. And then Mary just knelt before him and worshipped Jesus. Now also, as the women who had come to see the empty tomb were returning towards Jerusalem, towards where the disciples were, Jesus met them also and telling them that he would meet them when they would go over to Galilee. And lastly, in verse 24, talking about certain of them, that's John and Peter, which were with us, went to the sepulcher. And found it even as the women had said. But they did not see him. Him they saw not. They were so disappointed. Was the body stolen? But the women said, they talked to Jesus. 
So they were so perplexed, and so they were discussing about it. Now Jesus comes and gives her his response. In verse 25, he said, Thou fools, meaning slow of heart. In Matthew 5, 22, we are warned that we should not say, Thou fool, will be in danger of hellfire. But in Luke chapter 12, verse 20 and 21, God said to him, as Jesus gave the parable, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these things be, which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich towards God. This talk about that man who became so rich, and... Uh, Eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, no. God said to him, Thou fool, this night shall, soul shall be required of thee. Now, that was the response of Jesus towards them. Now, he also added, aside from calling them fools, you're slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Now, Before Jesus Christ died, Jesus taught from the scriptures. And he said there in Luke 24, 26 and 27, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now what does the scripture say in the Old Testament? In Deuteronomy 18 verse 15, Prophecy is given, the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. Moses speaking, unto him ye shall hearken. Then in Isaiah 7.14, another prophecy, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel meaning God with us. Another prophecy given in Isaiah 9.6, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And finally, a very long passage in Isaiah 53, which even today, When the Jews study in the synagogue, and when they read the scriptures, they seem to skip Isaiah 53, because they cannot countenance or set in their minds, how could this great ruler coming in, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the prince of peace, when it says in Isaiah 53 verse 3, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. This, even today, somehow the Jews skip Isaiah 53. But I have read in the Messianic Bible, now a few rabbi now, going to Isaiah 53, see that this prophecy really spoke about Jesus. 
and they are now willing to step out and identify because they're more detailed given in Isaiah 53 verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Then in verse 7, He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. And then verse 9, And he made his grave with the wicked, and with rich in his death. And finally in verse 12, He was numbered with the transgressors. This Jesus drew from prophecy. Now, Jesus will recall to them what they went through just a few days. While he brought to them the prophecies, he now brings what they had experienced, had known, hearing from the apostles before the death of Christ. How that Jesus was tortured, crucified, buried, and by the assistance of Joseph of Arimathea. In John 19.38, I will read the whole thing up to 42. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which as the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. And then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with the spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulchre, wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus. Therefore, because of the Jews of preparation, the preparation day for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Now, with this, Jesus would open other eyes and understanding regarding the laws that the Jews had to observe, coming to the observing and celebration of the Passover lamb. In Exodus 12, 3, God gave these directions to Moses. Speak ye unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, that Saturday evening, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. Jesus came out Sunday for the triumphal entry. Yes, he was just that lamb. Now, the lamb was to be tenderly cared for for four days, from the tenth day to the fourteenth day. Now, in Leviticus 23, 4-7, we read these details. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocation we shall proclaim in their seasons. In the fourteenth day of the first month, that is Wednesday, at even, is the Lord's Passover, Wednesday at even. And then on the 15th day, that's Thursday, of the same month, is the Feast of Unleavened Bread unto the Lord. Seven days ye shall not, ye shall, ye must eat unleavened bread. In the first day ye shall have unholy convocation. 
ye shall do no silver work therein. For again, this is a Sabbath day. So while Wednesday is the feast of the Passover, that's the 14th day, then the 15th day, that's Thursday, is a Sabbath. Not a Saturday Sabbath, but a Thursday Sabbath because it's the day immediately following the feast of the Passover. Now John the Apostle and Andrew heard John the Baptist announce and proclaim that Jesus to be the Lamb of God in John chapter 1 verses 29 to 36. Now I found out, to my surprise, looking at a Jewish calendar, I checked on Google and asked for the month Abib in 2020. And there was stated that the Jewish Christians celebrate the death of Christ on Wednesday, the Passover, so Wednesday evening, as they celebrate the Feast of the Passover. They, however, do celebrate the communion anytime possible, remembering the death of Christ. I make it clear, I'm talking not about only the Jews, but these are Jewish Christians. Passover, exactly on Wednesday evening, but they can also celebrate the communion any time of the year. Secondly, Jewish Christians, by their calendar, celebrate the resurrection of Jesus late Saturday evening. And then on Sunday morning, for the discovery of the empty tomb with the Gentile Christians. Now, The Christian world struggled with this, the Gentile Christian world, because they would say, yes, the day before the Sabbath is a Friday. And Jesus said, as Jonah was in the belly of the fish, three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be. And they had trouble explaining that. Say, Friday? Saturday, Sunday, three days. No. Check with the Jewish calendar. It says the Passover. No. They say the Christians. Christ, just like the Passover, was slain on Wednesday evening. So Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night are three nights. About the days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Therefore, three days and three nights. And Jesus resurrected Saturday evening. Cleophas and his friend had heard testimonies of the women who saw the empty tomb. So Jesus brought that out. Now we're talking about the opening of the door. Remember that Revelation 3.20? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But Jesus joined these two and spoke with them and recalled from prophecy and what they experienced. Then the door was open. In Luke 24, 28, and 29, And when they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would just gone farther or go on. But they constrained him, these two, 
Cleopas and his friend. They constrained Jesus, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent, and went in to tarry with them. They opened the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opened the door, I will come in. And so what happens? In Luke 24:30 and 31, And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while we talk us by the way? And while he opened to us the scriptures, yes, the eyes were opened when the heart were burned when they heard about the scripture on the way. And what did they do? They opened their hearts by opening the door. Come, eat with us. And notice in verse 13, And it came to pass, he sat at meat with them. He sat down. And he took the bread. Oh, it should be Cleopas and his friend who were the host in the house to take the bread and offer to him. No. Jesus took the bread. And he blessed it. And he broke it and gave to them. Wow. And 31, And their eyes were opened. And they recognized him. They knew him. And then he vanished out of their sight. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and will sup with him and he with me. Hallelujah. What a wonderful experience that when we spend time with Jesus, our, heart, our eyes, our hearts will be open. And so it closes In 24, Luke 24, 33 to 35. And they rose up that same hour, no more delay. And maybe did not eat anymore. And returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and it appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how it was known of them in the breaking of the bread. Why? and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. I hope that every time we celebrate the communion, the taking of the bread and drinking of the wine, our hearts will get a new glimpse, a new vision of who Jesus is and what he can do for us. Hallelujah. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Maybe it's knocking in your heart. You've got religion. You, don't know, you only know about Jesus. But do you know Him? Do you have a very strong personal relationship with Him? That throughout the day, is there a song ringing through your mind or a verse going through your mind? Because of Jesus, His word is ringing in your mind and in your heart. I pray that you will invite him once more into your life and say, Jesus, 
I'm sorry I'm making the world take control of my life, myself. But now, Lord, I give my heart to you. I want to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. God bless you.